0: Pursuant to the governor's executive orders and mayoral emergency proclamation, suspending and modifying requirements for in-person meetings. During the coronavirus disease COVID-19 emergency, the citizens general obligation bond oversight committee will convene remotely until the committee is legally authorized to meet in person. Public comment will be available on each item on this agenda. Each speaker will be allowed three minutes to speak Comments or opportunities to speak during the public comment period are available by phone call by calling 415-655-0001. Again, 415-655-0001. Access code 187-863-2180. Again, 187-863-2180. Then pound and then pound again. When When connected, you will hear the meeting discussions but you will be at muted and in listening mode only. When your, team event, when your item of interest comes up, dial star three to be added to the speaker line. Best practices are to call from a quiet location, speak clearly and slowly, and turn down your television or radio. Alternatively, you may submit public comment via email to cgobo.committee at sfgov.org and it will be forwarded to the committee and will be included as part of the official file. Please note that this meeting is recorded and will be available at sfgovtv.org. Vice Chair Matthews, may I take roll?
1: Yes, thank you.
0: Member Larkin?
2: Present. Present.
0: Vice Chair Matthews?
1: Present.
0: Chair McHugh is absent. Member Pantoja? Present. Member Post? Here. And Member Sanderlin? Present. So we have a quorum, and for the record, it's 9 35 a.m. Before we go to agenda item two, I um, will read the land acknowledgement for the Ramaytush Ohlone. The citizens general obligation bond oversight committee acknowledges that we are on the unceded ancestral homeland of the Ramaytush Ohlone who are the original inhabitants of the San Francisco Peninsula as the indigenous stewards of this land and in accordance with their traditions, the Ramaytush Ohlone have never ceded lost nor forgotten their responsibilities as the caretakers of this place as well as for all peoples who reside in their traditional territory as guests we recognize that we benefit from living and working on their traditional homeland we wish to pay our respects by acknowledging the ancestors elders and relatives of the ramaytush community and by affirming their sovereign rights as first peoples Vice Chair Matthews, may I go to agenda item two?
1: Yes, thank you. Sure.
0: Opportunity for the public to comment on any matters within the committee's jurisdiction that are not on the agenda. Okay. Members of the public who wish to provide public comment on this item should call 415 655. 0001 access code 187 863 2180 then press pound and then pound again if you haven't already done so please dial star 3 to line up to speak a system prompt will indicate you have raised your hand please wait until the system indicates you have been unmuted and you may begin your comments please note that you will have 3 minutes Um, SO I'M JUST CHECKING THE ATTENDEE LIST. I DON'T SEE ANY HANDS RAISED. SO MAY I CLOSE PUBLIC COMMENT? YES. OKAY. PUBLIC COMMENT IS CLOSED FOR THIS ITEM.
1: Great. Can TAKE UP ITEM 3, PLEASE.
0: SURE. THANK YOU. Approval with possible modification of the minutes of the October 25th, 2021 meeting.
1: We have a motion to accept fellow members.
2: Aye. I so move. Mr. Brian. Second. Thanks, Brian.
1: Bart. Bart in it, Bart.
0: Okay. Is there any discussion on the, on the minutes? Um, Shall I go to public comment?
1: Uh, Yeah, we should do public comment. Vote affirmatively and then, or right, sorry, public comment. You have
0: to do public comment first. Members of the public who wish to provide public comment on this item should call 415-655-0001. Access code 1878632180 and then pound and then pound again. If you haven't already done so, please dial three star three to line up to speak. A system prompt will indicate you have raised your hand. Please wait until the system indicates you have been unmuted and you may begin your comments. Please note that you will have three minutes. Um, I don't see any hands raised from the attendees. So we can close public comment for this item. Okay, and then I will take a roll call vote for approval of the minutes. Um, Member Larkin. approve. Vice Chair Matthews. Aye. Chair McHugh is absent. Member Pantoja. approve. Member Post. I'm
3: abstaining since I
0: was not at the meeting. Member Sanderlin? Aye. So so we have four um, approvals. Do we need five for a quorum?
4: Yes, we need five for for a quorum and a vote.
0: Do I continue this to the next meeting?
4: Uh, Yes, if we don't have four votes, we can't approve it. Or if we don't have five votes, we can't approve it.
0: Okay, so this item will be continued to the next m- meeting. Thank you. Okay. Vice Chair Matthews, may I may I go to agenda item 4? Yes, please. Discussion and possible action regarding adoption of AB 361 resolution for policy bodies such as citizens general obligation bond oversight committee to meet during the COVID-19 emergency via teleconference. This is the resolution making findings to allow teleconference meetings under California government code section 54953-E. I will read um, the resolution that was included in the agenda resolved that the Citizens General Obligation Bond Oversight Committee finds as follows. The state of California and the city remain in a state of emergency due to the COVID-19 pandemic. At this meeting, the Citizens General Obligation Bond Oversight Committee has considered the circumstances of the state of emergency. State and city officials continue to recommend measures to promote physical distancing and other social distancing measures in some settings because of the COVID-19 pandemic, conducting meetings of this body in person would present imminent risk to the safety of attendees and the state of emergency continues to directly impact the ability of members to meet safely in person. Further resolved that for for at least the next 30 days, meetings of the Citizens General Obligation Bond Oversight Committee will continue to occur exclusively by teleconferencing technology and not by any in-person meetings or any other meetings with public access to the places where any policy body member is present for the meeting. Such meetings of the Citizens General Obligation Bond Oversight Committee that occur by teleconferencing technology will provide an opportunity for members of the public to address this body and will otherwise occur in a manner that protects the statutory and constitutional rights of parties and the members of the public attending the meeting via teleconferencing. Further resolve that the Secretary and staff of the Citizens General Obligation Bond Oversight Committee is directed to place a resolution substantially similar to this resolution on the agenda of a future meeting of the Citizens General Obligation Bond Oversight Committee within the next 30 days. If the Citizens General Obligation Bond committee does not meet within the next 30 days, the staff is directed to place a such resolution on the agenda of the next meeting of the Citizens General Obligation Bond Oversight Committee.
4: Hey Roseanne, can I just jump in real quick? Yes. So just to make a, just to provide a a, a quick 30,000 foot view of the background. So our open meetings um, requirements are governed under state law by the Brown Act, and under local law by the Sunshine Ordinance. And both of those um, prohibit teleconferencing for meetings. Both of those, however, have been uh, amended during the COVID pandemic by the mayor and the governor, respectively. The governor um, amended his amendments to the Brown Act I think, I don't remember when, maybe a month or two ago, I I don't recall. And anyway, he's requiring us now all public bodies within the state to adopt this language so that we have to make every 30 days a finding that it's in the public safety to continue to do telecommunity. And that's why this committee is doing it. And that's why all the other public bodies in um, in the state are doing that. Okay. I just wanted to throw that out there.
0: Okay. Thank you.
1: Um, Is there any public comment on this item?
5: Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Members of the public who wish to provide public comment on this item should call 415-655-0001. Access code 1878632180 and then press pound and pound again. If you haven't already done so, please dial star 3 to line up to speak. A system prompt will indicate you have raised your hand. Please wait until the system indicates you have been unmuted and you may begin your comments. Please note that you will have three minutes. I'm just there. There are no hands raised. So maybe close public comment for this item. Um, um, I think we have to go to is there a motion to approve adoption of this resolution? I'll move to approve. I'll second. Can I post okay, post. Vanderlyn. Okay. May I take I a question? This? Pardon me?
1: This is
6: uh, Bart Ponto. Asks, I have a question. If I may, to the chair. Sure. Um, So just to simplify it, it sounds like in 30 days, we'd be looking at meeting in person?
4: No, no, no. In 30 days, if we're still deciding to telecommute or teleconference, we'll have to adopt this again. So that's a completely separate question. If the mayor and and the board of supervisors decide to start having this meeting again in person, we won't need to do this. But if we decide not to start meeting again within 30 days, then we'll just have to adopt this resolution again. Does that make sense?
6: So this is a continuation?
4: Yeah, we're going to have to continue exactly what we'll to do this every 30 days. Okay. So long as we're still uh, teleconferencing. All
6: right, thank you. Sure.
4: Vice Chair
0: Matthews, may I go to roll call vote? To- yes, please approve adoption of the resolution member Larkin aye vice chair Matthews aye chair McHugh is absent member Pantoja
4: aye
0: member Post aye and member Sanderlin aye the The resolution is adopted and approved. Vice chair Matthews, may I go to agenda item five?
1: Yes, please.
0: Discussion and possible action regarding adoption of the Ramaytush Ohlone land acknowledgement resolution. This resolution was in your packet and um, I read the excerpt from it at the beginning of the meeting.
1: Um, Is there any public comment on this item?
3: Could we go to committee comment first, Tim? Uh, Sure. I think, yeah, Um, I just have a couple questions. Um, Is the group who wrote it representative of the community? I, I understand the resolution it noted who authored it. And I just wanted to know if that group is representative of the communities of the Native communities that were here that we're acknowledging in the resolution and in the statement. You understand what my question is?
1: Yes, Um, I'm not sure who's here that can answer that. Um, I'll look toward you, Peg, maybe.
5: I believe that all public meeting bodies have been asked to adopt this resolution by a resolution of the Board of Supervisors and I don't know from any personal knowledge about who participated in the drafting of it, um, but I think that's the process that it went through. I see.
3: So so we're instructed to adopt it by the Board of Supervisors, it's not up to us whether or not we want to. Basically.
5: Yes, that's right.
3: Okay, I guess I just would like to say for the record that while I uh, think it's important to make the acknowledgement that's stated in the resolution and in the opening statement, I'd rather see San Francisco do something materially to help the descendants of the native peoples who were here. And whereas we on this committee don't have jurisdiction over funding, for example, for services and such, we perhaps can have a bit of influence in park naming or something where we do, where we do work on uh, infrastructure projects and construction. So Bart, I don't know how often you interact with with the parks department, but I would rather see San Francisco take some material steps to acknowledge what we're acknowledging in the resolution, which to me is simply window dressing. Um, And as I said, perhaps name some uh, well kept open spaces in honor of the native tribe that was here. And, or of course, I hope San Francisco and the departments that we don't interact with would provide enhanced educational and housing and health and uh, workplace opportunities for the descendants of the native peoples who were here. So thank you very much.
1: Thank you, Member Post for those comments. And I, I wanna echo and agree with you that uh, virtue virtual signaling is one thing, but actually uh, doing something um, Follow up your words is something completely different. So, thank you. Uh, Any other member comments before public comment?
5: Anything?
0: All right. Great. Members of the public, oh, thank you. Members of the public who wish to provide public comment on this item should call 415 655. 0001 access code one eight seven eight six three two one eight zero. 2180, then pound and then pound again. If you haven't already done so, please dial star three to line up to speak. A system prompt will indicate you have raised your hand. Please wait until the system indicates you have been unmuted and you may begin your comments. Please note that you will have three minutes. I'm looking at the color queue and I I don't see any hands raised. <clears throat> Excuse me.
1: So let's close public comment and uh, look for a motion and a second. <clears throat> um, I'll I'll make the motion to uh, to accept this item.
0: I'll second. A second. Thank you. So the resolution is approved and adopted. <clears throat> Excuse me again.
1: Just uh, take um, roll roll call.
0: Oh right, sorry about that. Um, so roll call is um, member Larkin. Aye. Vice Chair Matthews
7: aye
0: chair McHugh is absent member Pantoja aye member post aye member Sanderlin aye now the resolution is approved and adopted
1: great um may we go to item six please
0: Presentation from various departments regarding the 2008 San Francisco General Hospital bond and 2016 public health and safety bond and possible action by the committee in response to such presentation. Our um, presenter is Joe Chin, let me let me make him a presenter. There you go.
5: This is Peg. Um, While Joe was queuing up his presentation, um, as you may have noted, your committee is a little short-handed at the moment, including uh, not having a liaison for this bond. So Joe did um, contact us about that. And I asked him to just go ahead and present anyway. we'll work with you and hopefully we'll get some new members seated before your next meeting and then you will probably want to reshuffle the deck on some of the liaison responsibilities, but I just wanted to let you know that he he did raise that and uh and is conscious of his uh, responsibility to reach out to a liaison so thank you, Joe.
7: Yeah, no problem. Can you guys uh, hear me? I also see the PowerPoint? Yes. Yes, okay, thank you. All right, may I go ahead and start? yes okay thank you Uh, good morning vice chair matthews and members of the seagull committee my name is joe chin public works program manager for the 2016 public health and safety bond program i'm here this morning to give you an update on the phs bond program i'm also joined today by members of the public works project management team and client department representatives in support of the program and to help answer any project specific questions my last formal presentation to seagull was december 2020 exactly a year ago okay there we go this first slide provides an overall summary of the funding allocation for each of the six bond components that are part of the phs program as a reminder the total approved bond authoriz- authorization amount for the public health and safety bond program is 350 million which provides funding for three client departments allocated across six components the three client departments are department of public health san francisco fire department and department of homelessness and support housing of the 350 million 272 million has been allocated to three dph components which include the zsfg building five southeast health center and the community health center components zsfg building five is a former acute care hospital prior to the completion of the new hospital in 2016. projects under this building five component is intended to focus on clinical improvements seismic upgrade it improvements and infrastructure Im- infrastructure improvement projects that will allow the 1970s building to be seismically retrofitted and converted into an updated ambulatory care center 58 million have been allocated to two san francisco fire department components which are the ambulance deployment facility and the neighborhood fire station 20 million has been allocated to the homeless service site component to date the program has completed all three bond sales. Since my last presentation, the team continues to make progress across all bond components as additional projects have progressed from design phase to construction phase, as well as construction completion or near construction completion. This is now the fifth year after the voter approval of this bond program, and we're starting to complete many of these projects. Maxine Hall Health Center achieved substantial completion on October 7th. The ambulance Ambulance Deployment Facility received substantial completion earlier this year in May. The ZSFG Rehabilitation Department Phase One also achieved substantial completion in November. The NFS project has also completed the host hub removal at five fire station locations. On the ZSFG Building 5 component, we now have five projects in construction as, as of the end of November. We also issued NTP For the psychiatric emergency services early demo project we're also targeting to issue ntp for the it infrastructure project by january 2022 on the southeast health center and community health center components i'm also happy to report that based on the current construction progress at southeast health center and cash permission health center i am expecting to complete all projects under these two components by the end of next year as i mentioned earlier the program has completed three bond sales to date The third and final bond sale was completed in November of 2020, which now fully funds all bond components. The risks and challenges continue to be the same items that we've been tracking since the onset of the program. However, I do want to spend a few minutes talking about a new risk item that I added at the last presentation, which is COVID-19 related cost and time impacts. Since the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic in early 2020, the contractor has had made Numerous adjustments in the field to implement new safety protocols required by the health ordinances and incorporating new sanitizing procedures, masking protocols, social distancing requirements and more safety oversight from the contractor safety officer to just name a few. The actual cost and time impacts on active projects in construction are still being evaluated by public works. But based on what we've seen to date, it has not been as impactful as one would have expected. However, As the economy started to recover toward the early part of 2021, our projects at ZSG Building 5 have been seeing substantial cost impacts and increases on the bid prices on the trade packages that we are currently bidding out. Cost impacts were driven by material cost increases, supply chain shortages that led to volatile price increases, as well as material delivery delays, as I'm sure everyone has been hearing on the news recently. Since we started the bidding on five of our projects at the beginning of the year, we have been struggling to solicit more interest from the subcontract community to bid on our projects at ZSG Building 5. In our discussion with the general contractor and various subcontractors, we have been informed by more than one subcontractor that they are just simply decided to change their business model and will no longer be pursuing projects under OSHA jurisdiction because of the high risk complexity and rigorous inspection requirements. The fact that Building 5 is an active hospital a 50-year-old building containing significant amounts of hazardous material and post tension slabs and, and beams make construction this building especially challenging so instead many subcontracts preferences now is just pursue where they're less risky and complex such as non-hospital commercial projects or residential housing projects uh, for those that are still willing to work on hospital projects the bidders are submitting bid prices with premium pricing that range from 16 to 40 percent higher in some cases. Um, the current and revised budget for the ZSFG, ZSFG component is 205.2 million, which reflects the reallocation of approximately 17 million to the Southeast Health Center and Community Health Center component budgets. Expenditure plus encumbrances combined is approximately $110 million. As I mentioned earlier, I'm happy to report that the Rehabilitation Department project achieved substantial completion earlier last month, which is a critical milestone as the start of the Dallas and Public Health Lab project is contingent on the completion of that project. Public Works has also chosen to utilize the construction manager, general contractor, a.k.a. the CMGC delivery method to deliver the construction of the next eight projects. They include the seismic upgrade, analysis public health lab, IT infrastructure, family health center, psychiatric emergency services, building 80-90 specialties, and the clinical laboratory automated track replacement projects. The CMGC delivery method was chosen over the more traditional lowest price delivery model because of the complexity of projects building five, and the need to coordinate eight separately permitted projects within one occupied building with overlapping schedules and shared work areas. In the next six months, I am anticipating three more projects to commence into the construction phase, which makes a total of six major projects in construction with the Building 5 in the next couple of years. The current revised budget for the Southeast South Center component is $37.8 million, which reflects a reallocation of approximately $7.8 million from the ZSFG component. Expenditures plus encumbrances combined is approximately 34.4 million. The Southeast Health Center is located in District 10 of the Bayview neighborhood. The flagship project of this component is the construction of a new 22,000 square feet health center that's adjacent to the existing health center. Construction progress has been has been going well and the target building suppression completion by second quarter of 2022. After the building is completed, the contractor will demobilize and DPH has approximately four months to, re- to relocate from the existing health center into the new building. And once DPH has occupied the new building, the general contractor will return and complete the site work in front of the existing health center with a target overall project completion by the end of the year 2022. I'm also happy to report that the project received permanent power from P- PUCPGE last week, which is a critical milestone for the project as this will now allow the contractor to start elevator and equipment testing and startup. I know permit power has delayed many projects previously, so this is definitely a relief that this will not be an issue on this project. The current and revised budget for the community health center component is $28.8 million, which reflects a reallocation of approximately $8.8 million from the ZSFG component. Expenditures and combined is approximately $24.6 million. The community health center component is tracking two comprehensive community health center projects that include seismic retrofit and interior renovation scopes. They are the Maxine Hall Health Center located in District 5 and Castro Mission Health Center located in District 8. Maxine Hall achieved substantial completion on October 7th um, with clinical services starting the new renovated building uh, on October 20th. Uh, cash mission is approximately 75% complete with a target substantial completion by second quarter 2022. The ADF component consists of construction of a new ambulance deployment facility that would serve the San Francisco Fire Department's EMS Division. This new essential facility includes parking for the ambulance and fleet, storage for ambulance supplies and restocking conference rooms and training rooms and other administrative functions. The project achieved substantial completion on May earlier this year. This new facility has been occupied since May 10th. This project is also targeting completion of all punches work and final completion by the end of 2021. The neighborhood fire station component consists of the the host tower removal at six fire stations, fire stations six, 11, 12, 15, 21, and 38 to mitigate the seismic risks associated with them and generate replacements at three fire stations, fire station 18, 37, and 44. The host tower removal at fire stations six, 11, 12, 21, and 38 have been completed as of March, 2021. Fire station 15 will start bidding by mid-2022 uh, as a stand as a separate standalone project because it includes the removal and rebuilding of a, rep- a new replacement host tower. Construction will also start by middle of 2022 on the generator replacement projects at fire station 3744. On the homeless service site component, there are three general scopes that are being tracked. There's the design and construction at 440 Turk Street, which is the centralized administrative offices for HSH as well as the client access point. Building improvements at three city owned adult shelters at 1001 Polk Street, 525 5th Street and 216 Golden Gate. And third, design and construction at 106468 Mission which will now which will then become the new office and service space for the San Francisco Homeless Outreach Team. The 440 Turk Street project was completed in 2019. The design of the other two shelter sites, 525 Fifth Street and 1001 Polk Street, resumed in July 2020 and will be focusing on critical building repair and deferred maintenance scopes that were identified in the initial facilities assessment report. Earlier this year, HSH also received uh, approval for additional funding from CPC for both of these facilities that will supplement the bond funds, which will greatly allow more critical repair scopes to be included as part of the base scope. 1064-68 mission is a project that is managed directly by HSH staff. Construction started in March of 2020 with a target completion of of second quarter 2022. Uh, This final slide is a detailed summary table that shows the original and revised program budget and expenditures and encumbrances for all bond components. I won't go through the financial data line by line, as the numbers are pretty self-explanatory. At this point, that concludes my presentation for today. Uh, There's a lot of information, but my team and I are now available to take any questions that you may have. Thank you.
1: Great. Thank you, Joe. Um, As Peg opened with, we don't have a direct liaison to this program currently, and we'll figure that out soon with more folks on the board. Um, I don't have any questions at this time, but any other board members? I do. I do too. Great. Go ahead. Uh, Brian first, I heard. Uh,
2: um, You know, someone else go first. Mine's going to be kind of long. You're more you've been more, Joe.
7: <laughs> <laughs> no problem, so, member, I, member I, Larkin. I to
3: to Brian, I'll jump in, Brian. If you yeah. want. OK, so Joe, can we go, go back ahead. to you? Okay. Can we go back to your summary slide toward the beginning? I think it's page two, maybe where you it's the the four part. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh-huh. yes. No, no. But the one before that. Oh, okay. Thanks. Yeah, this that one, one. On, the, okay. on the risk issues and the risk issues and concerns, uh, section down in the lower, right. Mm-hmm. Um, I just had a couple questions on the first one, the extensive plan review cycle. Um, and, I don't know, you may know this or maybe it'll be someone on on Peg and Mark's team, but is is our cycle here in the city uh, sort of par for the course at other cities in the country or does ours take longer to get that through the review, plan review? Do you know? Just trying to figure out if this is something that San Francisco needs to sort of get its act together on and speed up or no, we actually, our cycle
5: is sort of...
2: Good question.
5: Uh, we, um, during the design process for the new permit center, um, at 49 South Van Ness, we had a lot of analyticals going on to test and see if our permitting processes were better or worse, um, than some peers and what some of the process issues were. But to be frank, um, my knowledge of that is now two years old. Um, and you have to drill down pretty tightly to the project type to really, Get a lot of useful information about the benchmarking. Um, We're hoping to start work up again with the permit center uh, in early uh, 2022, um, now that it's operating and be able to look at issues like that. But for now, honestly, I'd be only guessing. Yeah. Joe, what
3: do you hear from your contractors and your staff who perhaps worked in other cities before coming to San Francisco? Do they say ours is? You know, one of the best or ours is a joke or something in between. I
7: mean, I would just. <laughs> uh, a member process, very good question. Uh, I I don't have much of a, um, a tagline to other jurisdictions within the Bay Area. I, I can't speak to just the, the, the OSHPOT process, uh, which is, you know, only, you know, obviously only affects hospital Type projects uh, that are under the state jurisdiction, and those are just very extensive. I mean, generally for any project that we start uh, in permitting, we b- basically allocate eight to 12 months for the uh, for the plan review process. And obviously, this is a state, uh, so you know they they and this is you know Oshkosh is also notorious or you know uh, you know um, well known for the detailness of their review and and kind of drilling down uh, on every single issue. Uh, so that it does uh, is very extensive, and even after you know we can do get a permit, just during the the uh, during the construction phase, every time there's any change on the drawings. Obviously, in in construction, we do encounter unforeseen conditions or, or constructability issues, and every of those issues, uh, OSHA requires the issue to be brought back to them for review and approval. Either by their field staff or by the Sacramento plan reviewers. So just those processes alone uh, tend to uh, impact the progress of the work in the field.
3: Okay. And so, in your view, I mean, are these, is this taken into consideration when budgets and timelines are put forward for these projects? I mean, I guess I'm trying to, are there a lot of surprises or? It seems I, I appreciate what you said in your COVID mm-hmm. comments that the nature of hospital construction and other construction dealing with health in particular is more complicated than slapping up an office building, let's say. So I appreciate why it would be more complex. I was just trying to, you know, get a feel for that there's not a lot of extra cost added to all these taxpayer funded projects because of an of overly onerous permitting or something like that. That's all I was trying to get
7: at. Mm-hmm. Um there there are obviously costs that we include as part of the um, as part of the project. You know, if you were to compare a the project controls of a a typical commercial building or you know or a, a non-hospital building, there is a lot more um, in the, uh, project team members involved. Just inspection alone, we not only have our typical CM team, but Oshpa also requires a almost a dedicated what they call the inspector record that that are the act or the act as the eyes and ears of the ashfa field staff to inspect everything. So that that itself will will cause uh, you know an extension of the construction phase and contractor when they do plan to work they need to include that as part of the uh, a part of the sequencing of the work.
0: Yeah, okay,
3: and then sort of related is your second bullet about budget impacts due to added seismic retrofit scopes. Is this seismic that when the projects were initially planned and budgeted, new seismic regulations that came down the pipe subsequently? And so that up to the budget? Or I just want to, again, ensure that, you know, things are being planned for ahead of time and that, you know, that we, so that's my question. Sure. Seismic register, sure. that new You know, law changes, which then, of course, you have to mm. deal with, or maybe you don't get grandfathered sure. in. Or. All right.
7: No, uh, member, proposed that's, that's a very good question. That's kind of one of the um, unfortunately uh, issues we ran into on the uh, health center components, because the these original scope for those for those uh, projects were meant to be more of an interior renovation, but because of code changes, um, there was a requirement or need to significantly retrofit the building, which then all of a sudden we we uh, we had to proceed with a. Uh, you know, a, a seismic evaluation of Maxine Hall and, and Castro Mission Health Center, uh, and then that resulted in a, a pretty low se- seismic rating, which then triggered the need to uh, you know add to include or add the seismic re- retrofit scope into what was just originally a renovation project.
3: So, so now, I've got kind of lesson learned, right? I mean, going forward, I presume we'll we'll know that seismic
7: should be focused on more or something. Oh yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. good, good. Yeah, good point. And, and you know, one thing we did as part of this uh, program on on Chinatown Public Health Center, which is kind of one of the upcoming projects. Uh, one thing we did as part of this current scope was to proceed with a, a seismic evaluation. So we kind of, uh, you know, did some homework ahead of time. We're way ahead of the, the ball right now because we did complete our seismic assessment. We understand the building conditions. We actually have done also some field a a geotechnical investigation to kind of be able to inform design as we get into um, the design of that project.
3: Yeah, that makes tons of sense. That's great. Thanks. Great. Thank you. So if you could flip to your next slide. I just had a couple questions on a couple. Um, Not that one. Keep going. Please. Um, Yes, on this one, I wasn't clear. Is Mm -hmm. the existing building. So there's the new building and everyone's going to be moving in there. Is the existing building staying up or being raised? I mean, is is the facility now going to be using these services, both buildings or what's happening to the existing Mm -hmm. older building?
7: Oh yeah, no, very observant uh, question. Uh, So the existing building will remain um, as part of our phase one. We actually... Uh, renovated the dental clinic which will remain in the existing building i think what will happen at this point is dph is going through a uh, programming phase for the existing building to figure out what is the best use or reuse of that building once the new building is occupied by the staff Uh, so there's more to come on, on you know what will happen uh, in terms of clinical uh, needs or, or services being provided uh, in the existing facility, but at the very minimum, I know that dental that the dental clinic will remain in the in the existing um, health center.
3: So the existing health center is in fairly decent shape, you're saying it's not going to be jumped.
7: Uh, it's it's uh it's an old building. Uh, it's a single-story building, so there's, there's you know we did do a, a quick seismic evaluation. It looks like is in you know so because it's a single-story CMU block type wall. Uh, there probably won't need it uh, there's not an extensive seismic uh, requirement for that building. Um, so it, it is um you know there I think majority of it would be just more of an interior renovation to really um, fit it into. Uh, to maximize the clinical workflow uh, for whatever purpose that building will be repurposed for in the future.
3: Great, thank you. And then maybe your next slide, I think I just have one more question. Um, no, you can keep going to the next one. The fire. Oh, yeah, the, this one, I did have a question here. Um, ambulance services in San Francisco are provided by the fire department, but are they also provided by private companies? Yes, people are nodding yes. Uh, and so... Uh, this facility is just for SFFD, right? Our, our public services. Where? What kind of coordination exists between private facilities and our public and our public ambulance service? I mean, how do we know that? be things coordinated where private ambulances housed if they're not housed here I I just don't as a citizen understand how that works if you could just explain it yeah let me
7: let me uh, I see Chief uh, DeWitt is on the call Uh, why don't I defer that operational question to Chief DeWitt
8: Good morning, everyone. I'm Assistant Deputy Chief Don DeWitt, San Francisco Fire Department. I am um, the head of our Support Services Division. I don't really know a lot of information about the privates. Uh, they do have their own facilities elsewhere. They are private facilities. And the way the calls are coordinated between uh, the privates and the public, as we generally, uh, San Francisco Fire Department fields all of the 911 calls. And then when we cannot, um, when we've run out of ambulances or we do not have the staffing to, uh, you know, a, to assign to a call, we will call on the privates. They're available on our radio system. They listen to our radios. So we're able to dispatch them directly from our dispatch center. They generally uh, deal with interfacility transfers and other kinds of um, uh, non uh, 911 types of calls, but they are equipped to um, field them if we need them. And, I see. Yeah, they do all the- Thank you, that's interesting.
3: very interesting. I didn't all know that. Stuff. Thank you,
8: yeah, great.
3: Okay, good, thank you. And then Joe, just one more, one more. <laughs> Thank mm-hmm. you for indulging sure. me, no fellow problem. committee members. One more question on another slide. It was the fire hose slide. Yeah, this one. Uh, so the hose are being removed, but I think I heard you say this, that hose towers will be rebuilt at each station. I guess, Dawn, maybe you can answer, what's then happening at the big training facility that we learned about at our couple meetings ago that's being moved from Treasure Island? What? How are hose towers at each neighborhood fire stations complementary to that or how does that tie in here
8: Thank you. So the hose towers that were removed were built in the 50s along with the station at a time when we used to use a cotton jacketed hose that had to be hung dry. Now with the advent of plastic materials that wrap our hose, we no longer have to dry our hose. So the hose towers are no longer necessary and they they have been removed for that reason because they'll fall down, you know, in an earthquake on top of the firehouse. Station 15's hose tower is the only hose tower that will be rebuilt and it it's kind of going to be a mock Hose tower it won't really have a hose drying purpose anymore. It was more for an historic uh, nod to the hose towers that the planning commission required. We rebuild that. And if it were up to me, I would say it, it's unnecessary, but
3: you'd say skip it. But just I'd say skip it it's expensive. You, and we
8: don't, yeah, we don't have a lot of money for fluff. And I consider it to be fluff. Yeah. So, it's, yeah. so and that's why that one has gone last. We're, we're you know, moving funding back and forth. and and why that's being rebuilt. I yep. see. Okay, yep. great. Thank you
3: very much. Those are my questions. Thank you committee members for indulging me in them.
1: Great. Thanks. Okay. member Larkin.
2: Yeah. George. Okay. Um, in retrospect, I don't think I'm going to be taking long <laughs> relatively with my questions. Um, first off, I understand we don't have a liaison currently for this bond. Um, I had previously been the liaison for I think it was a two thousand four two thousand eight bond for the building of the new facility there. Um, I'll take over in the interim as the liaison until we get somebody else because uh, especially because as Joe mentioned, you are starting to see some i'll say delay related claims for time both time and for for money because of the COVID delays I recall that the city attorney's office sent out a memo to all city contractors in March of last year outlining what the city was willing to pay for and what they weren't willing to pay for and how they would be what relief they would be willing to grant the contractors and as as I recall what it said was that they would be giving them time but no monetary compensation. They're gonna consider it like a non-compensable delay. So I, w- I wanna follow that. You know, I, I have been following that kind of thing with all the bond programs since, since the COVID delay began. This would be an opportunity for me to get into something at a more detailed level, knowing that you're starting to get these at least requests for additional compensation, which if you deny are probably gonna turn into claims. So I will do that until at least until we get another member to fill the spot. Um, Joe's I, I'm in the way of a question um, in talking about the uh, homeless facilities that you were building uh, you mentioned that you're getting some additional funding from an outside source and I'm going to ask was that money that came from the 2018 proposition C homeless bond because that was supposed to be a substantial amount of money and at like tens if not hundreds of millions of dollars a year and i'm seeing that you're deferring some what sound like pretty substantial rebuilds for instance on the, the chinatown community health center where you you labeled the the problem there or the seismic seismic risk as being r4 i think which sounds substantial and at least one of the fire departments had the same kind of thing where you said, you're going to have to defer work until the next bond. And I'm thinking if there's that much money out there available for homeless facilities from this Prop C, we should really go to that first to take care of because that money is available and use whatever money then you don't have to use on homeless service sites or the other facilities that are, are in immediate need of improvement. So, cutting back to my original question is that money that you're getting for additional homeless homeless service sites is that coming from prop c the 2018
7: prop c um member larkin thank you for the question i will try my best to answer part of the question based on what i'm aware of i see uh, joanne park uh, from hsh is also on the call as a panelist so i may defer to her uh if i won't be fully answer the question so what what i do know is um, recently CPC capital planning committee approved general funds. So I, I'm sure on the screen right now for 1,001 Polk street, there's an additional $2 million from general funds from CPC, um, to supplement bond funds for that project for critical repairs. And then for 525 5th street, uh, there's about $8.5 million that's also been allocated from CPC general funds, um, to supplement the bond funds. I'm not familiar with the Prop C uh, proposition that you mentioned earlier, uh, Member Larkin.
2: Well, you, you said
7: you had someone from
2: Department of Homeless Services here who maybe can answer that question.
7: Yeah, um, Joanne, do you think I, is this something you can um, respond to?
9: Hi, Joanne Park here with um, Department of Homelessness and Supportive Housing. Um, I'm the principal real estate analyst. Um, Prop C is um, the uh, business tax proposition that got approved, I think, a couple of years ago. And it is managed by the Our Community, Our Home um, Committee and those funds and that those prioritization of those funds is overseen by the committee. So right now, the priority um, for the committee is um, new housing and also emergency services. Um, unfortunately the focus right now is not on existing facilities, particularly congregate facilities as we're finding a lot of clients are declining, um, placement into our congregate shelters. And that's understandable. Um, you know, they're going from, you know, staying in their own hotel room and, you know, they, you know, prefer that kind of privacy. So, um, no, no. No. <laughs> so we are looking at longer term uh, improvements to these buildings and we are doing some pre-bond um, uh, studies to see what the long-term solution is for these buildings, considering that um, we're trending against um, use of congregate um, shelter and whether it makes sense to um, you know, find a new use for these buildings, um, do the seismic retrofit, and possibly reprogram them, or just finding a new facility that doesn't require as much investment. Mm.
2: Well, you know, the reason I'm concerned about this is it sounds like there's some real immediate dangers. For for instance, the people who are working in the fire stations and in the community health centers, if they're at this um risk level four and you know I understand if I if I were a person who was in a hotel I'd rather be there in a, in a, than in a what you call the a, a conjugal facility I'm sorry what did what did you call congregate it? Congregate. congregate yeah that's the better word
7: congregate. <laughs> <laughs> I,
2: I I I can see that for sure um especially during the COVID time where you know being thrown together, you're at greater risk. Nonetheless, there is the greater risk to the people using the community health centers. And if we could get money to them more quickly through reprogramming some of your money from Prop C, which I understand is substantial, that might make more sense. But I, I mean, I, I think I caught you a little bit at a disadvantage asking that question, but maybe that's something you could report to us at some later date
9: sure and i think you know we are actively looking at these um seismic retrofit projects um that could potentially be at these shelters right now um, as potential inclusion in the next housing bond and so i don't think um if we were to put in the request with the prop c committee if that would actually move things faster you know we are doing the due diligence right now um but certainly i can i can. you know, move forward or advance your request and see what the possibilities are there.
2: I'd appreciate that. I think that would be of interest to us all. all right. um, and so thank you for your answer. I go back to you, Joe. Um, I had some pretty wonky technical questions that I think could wait if, if, if in fact the committee agrees that I could be, should be the liaison, the interim liaison for, for this bond. Um, I'll ask you then, you know, because I, I don't think most of them are going to be of real general issue interest to the rest of the committee members. You know, like the the energy, the building management system, I wanted to ask something about that and boiler replacement. Some of us are fascinated by that, but I think we're in the minority. <laughs> yeah. Yes. All right. All right. And I, well, let me quickly look here. I I think that pretty much covers it, but that was... I think the whole question about Prop C and the money available that would be available from that to possibly do some of this home, some work at these homeless service sites was was the thing of primary interest to me. But I don't follow your follow up on that.
5: Okay, that's all I have.
7: Okay, thank you. Great.
5: Uh, This is Peg. I can also provide, I have staff who are working on supporting the Our City, Our Home Committee um, and making their. Decisions on programming the Prop C fund so I can get current information on what their forecasts and plans are and make it available to the GOBOC.
2: I'd like that, Peg. Great.
1: Thanks, folks. Uh, thanks, Mr. Chin and Member Post for your questions, comments, and Member Larkin, yours as well. It's not up to me, but you're officially appointed uh, liaison. <laughs> so uh, we'll connect okay, you with Joe can. later.
2: You and me. (laughs) Great.
1: Um, Roseanne, are there any public comments on this item?
0: Let me see. Members of the public who wish to provide public comment on this item should call 415-655-0001 access code 1878632180. Then press pound and pound again. If you haven't already done so, please dial star three to line up to speak. Assistant prompt will indicate you have raised your hand. Please wait until the system indicates you have been unmuted, and you may begin your comments. Please note that you will have three minutes. I'm just looking at the queue, I don't see any hands raised.
8: Great.
1: Um, I think may we move on to item seven,
0: please. Yes, thank you. Liaison report 2008 and 2012 parks bonds. The liaison is member Pantoja.
6: Yes, um, so as you saw in the good morning, fellow commissioners, everybody. Um, Welcome to December. Um, So as you saw in my report with the uh, parking liaisons in our whole queue there. I reviewed mine and, and others. Um, that's pretty much where we're at. Although the parks recreation contacts have changed, which I just recently discovered because I was actually reached out to uh, AJ Tokes and uh, I believe it was Antonio and they're no longer a part of the um, planning on that. They've Tokes has retired and uh, Antonio has moved to a different department. So I have made contact with the now um, planning department uh, members. So I'll be meeting with them soon and I will be able to, and I believe the bonds as in my report, the 2008 bond is pretty much wrapped up if I remember the that year right. 2013 was also kind of, they moved some money around and those projects are looking to close out 2022, 2023. So. Ultimately, I've been visiting parks and enjoying. uh, I took my grandson to uh, McCarran Park. So it's uh, our money is being put to you. So I look forward to the new contacts, uh, um, the uh, new planning uh, contacts and getting the plans for the upcoming uh, bond, which I believe I couldn't tell you right now, actually. So I'm not going to say it. Um, That's pretty much my report. I Based on my report, I'll have more to report once I get to meet with these new contacts.
2: Thank you. Great.
1: Thanks Mayor Um, Do we have any public comment? Or other committee questions? Sorry, first.
6: Okay. Well, I'd like to, uh, Matthew, I had a moment. Um, Commissioner uh, Post. Uh, yes, I will look into your, your comments earlier. On the Native first peoples, I think that is uh, key, so I made a note of that, so I'll maybe have something to report on that as well. Thank you.
3: Good, good, thanks. It just seems that, you know your area is sort of fitting in terms of open space preservation and stewardship of the land. So thanks for
6: Yeah, I think it makes great sense. Uh, public space would be a great place to start.
1: Um, so Roseanne, any public comment on
5: this item?
0: Um, members of the public who wish to provide public comment on this item should call 415 655 and access code 1878632180 then press pound and pound again. If you haven't already done so, please dial star 3 to line up to speak. The system prompt will indicate you have raised your hand. Please wait until the system indicates you have been unmuted and you may begin your comments. Please note that you will have three minutes. I'm looking at the caller queue and I don't see any hands raised.
1: Great. Thanks, for zen. Um, So may we move to the next item, number eight, please.
0: Sure. Review of the draft citizens general obligation bond oversight committee report. Fiscal year 2019 to 2020 and 2020 to 2021 and possible action by the committee on the report. The presenter is Peg Stevenson.
5: Good morning, everyone. Um, This is good news. Thank you all of you who wrote text on your liaison sections for the report. It feels quite complete to me. Um, We compiled them and just filled in a couple of blanks where you had had a member resign or um, some other missing piece of information. I circulated the draft ahead of time to Chair McHugh and to Vice Chair Matthews. Vice Chair Matthews uh, proofread it and gave me some comments and uh, a couple of fixes that it needed. I've had my own staff uh, proofread it for consistency and references. Um, So I feel that it's in very good shape. And would you like me to pull it up on the screen and step through it? Or did people have a chance to page through it in their packet? What would be helpful?
2: Well, I had a real easy correction to make, Peg. Capitalization of the first word of one of the the bullet points under my liaison report. Okay.
5: um,
2: There were two bullet points. I'll say two thirds of the way down my report, and one of them, the first letter was an I and it was a lowercase, and on the previous bullet point, it was an uppercase. So okay. that's picky, but easily fixed.
5: I see it.
2: Gotcha. Good. I was going to say, I can
1: point it out to you.
5: No, I see it.
1: Good.
2: All right.
5: All
1: right. Well, uh, thanks. Peg and for your staff's work on this, um, I don't know that we need to scroll through this with everybody, um, unless someone feels strongly otherwise. Uh, I think we have it in our packets. Um, I've taken a look. Siobhan's taken a look. Um, uh, I think, yeah, we're. I agree with with Peg's assessment that we're that we're right there. Um, and for the record, my corrections were the spelling of my last name, because you know, whatever. Um, and who would know better than you exactly yeah i spell it right and they spell it wrong but anyway um also, so
5: I, uh, when i had cut and paste your text into the hole i had left off a sentence and i wouldn't have known that if you hadn't reread it so thank you
1: yeah um so yeah i think we're um okay to to move on to this and and am i correct that we'll have the final for our next um meeting
5: no, I, if we're satisfied with it, you can approve uh, it today in this meeting and we'll just give it a publication date and go ahead and post it on the committee website and circulate it to our our usual suspects. By way of context, um, so if people notice that there's two tables at the back, there's a summary chart showing status of the bond programs and then a detailed chart um, showing finances by program. Um, In the first quarter of next fiscal year, my office will publish our detailed um, general obligation bond report, which in past time had been attached to yours. Um, Ours is lagging yours and it'll have um, more detailed schedules. It won't have exactly the same um, uh, sort of dial graphics that were in the last one, but it will have a high point narrative on each of the bond programs, um, some of the same uh, summary financials, and a little bit more detailed financials on on each program. So um, like we talked about before in this, that report um, is lagging yours. I, I think it's very smart for you to publish yours and not wait for ours, but the two will be Um, posted together eventually in the web section so any readers could look at yours and then look at the uh, city's own publication on this but um, if you're ready to approve it today um, we'll get it ready for publication and um, put it out uh, hopefully later this week
3: well I would move that we approve the uh, draft uh, annual report that we've had in our packets
6: I'll second that
1: Great. And so we'll take a roll to um, accept the motion and second.
0: Okay. Member Larkin?
4: Aye. Vice Aye. Chair Aye. Matthews? Did I'm we sorry? We uh, go for a public comment first. Have we taken oh. that?
2: Okay. Sorry. My bad. Seconds away from a clean getaway.
1: Uh, uh, yeah. May we take public comment please? Sure. President?
0: Members of the public who wish to provide public comment on this item should call 415-655-0001 access code 187-863-2180 then pound and pound again if you haven't already done so please dial star three to line up to speak. A system prompt will indicate you have raised your hand please wait until the system indicates you have been unmuted and you may begin your comments please note that you will have three minutes. I don't see any hands raised.
1: Thanks for saying, uh, now for roll buddy.
0: Sure. Member Larkin.
1: Aye.
0: Vice Chair Matthews. Aye. Chair McHugh is absent. Member Pantoja. Aye. Member Post. Aye. And Member Sanderlin. Aye. Thank have you.
1: A corn. Great. Thank you. Um, Roseanne, may we move to item nine, please?
0: Yes. Item nine, opportunity for committee members to comment or take action on any matters within the committee's jurisdiction. Nine um, one fiscal year 2021 to 2022. See go back work initiatives. One a public perception survey. B, independent review of the whistleblower program, nine to other committee business, two A, public finance upcoming bond issuances, B, audits unit expenditure audits, C, audits unit public integrity reviews, D, C, GOBAC fiscal year 2021 to 2022 work plan updates, and E, C, GOBAC members terms updates.
5: Good morning again, folks. Peg Stevenson here from the Controller's office. Um, I'll run down all of these items and I'll call on other staff as they come up. Um, public perception survey. So to refresh people's memory, um, this is would be the next in a series of ongoing um, public perception surveys on bond funds that the committee has desired to do. You, uh, we worked with you to do one two years ago where we tested public perception on a street project and a park project um, through intercept surveys and then follow-up interviews. Um, we had talked about a next one, which would have focused possibly on housing. Jane Mattoli was really interested in that. And between her resignation and the logistical challenges of surveying on housing, we talked last time about not being um, going for housing and going instead for other uh, bond programs, which are more um, discrete and uh, easier to design surveys for. Um, I've pulled a list of all the project completions in the last two years and looked through it. And so that, that's one set of information. The other is we're in a little bit of a squeeze with uh, the survey providers that we have are in a pre-qualified pool which expires in the spring, and we need to be under contract by mid-March in order to get this done, which I think is very much doable. I've had a staff person working on a draft scope of work, but um, it becomes more doable if you can narrow your selection to, um, again, discrete projects which are simpler to design the survey for. My recommendation is going to be that you do this for a park project. There have been a lot of completions, and Um, The design of the survey will be very straightforward. All the other completions that I've looked at are less straightforward. So what I would like to do is work with uh, member Pantoja to review the list of parks completions and give him the cost and some other criteria which you might want to use to uh, make a choice on this and ask him to work with me as your liaison to select a project and finalize the scope of work. And then I think we could get into contract um, during January. My goal will be to f- to have this survey in the field in the late winter, early spring. The reporting should be pretty straightforward, and to finish it before the end of the fiscal year. So that that's what I'm pro- my my proposal at this point. And I see the vice chair nodding, and Mr. Pantova nodding as well. Um, I'll try to make sure that it's not a huge use of your time. I think it'll be pretty straightforward.
6: Yeah, so uh, through the chair, um, Matthews. So you said fiscal year is kind of looking to we would uh, have the surveys done or a list of projects to be surveyed?
5: No, I have a list of projects to send you right now. um, And we can work together on the choice. And I have a draft scope of work and outreach, which has already been done to the Qualified providers who can do this type of surveying. So, I'm hoping to get a a contract actually negotiated and done during January, and they could be in the field during the late winter, early spring. And, you know, again, I don't think this is a large project, so I think the reporting can be pretty quick. So, my my goal would be to get it all done and have the reporting uh, available to you for, you know, towards the end of this fiscal year and, and put it out before the end of the fiscal year.
6: Outstanding. Um, So that would that be more than one project that would be surveyed? Or we're talking we're going to pick one out of the
5: list? I think we should just pick one just for simplicity and execution sake.
6: Okay, I'll be looking for your communication to to meet or discuss that.
5: Great. Um, And again, I think I mentioned this last time, but We also, we have a more generalized interest in serving the public on housing matters, which is bound up both with publicly funded bond programs, other sources of funding on housing, city's programmatic decisions on housing, we think um, would be really uh, smart for a couple of different program areas and policy bodies and stakeholders to get more uh, public, feedback on the city's housing programs and investments but it's a bigger project and we're again hoping to get that underway uh, next calendar year so um i'll go to the independent review of the whistleblower program similarly um, we have a pool of vendors um, that are qualified to work on this and a draft scope of work i had sent them both to chair mchugh um, And was not aware until late last week that she is having to really not work much if at all uh, due to her she's expecting a baby in January, she had said she was willing to continue to serve at least through the end of the fiscal year but it sounds like um, working has become less possible for her. Um, So I don't want to burden her with the. follow up uh, work with us on choosing this vendor and finalizing the scope of work. So I think I'll go to vice chair Matthews for that task if he's willing. And again, I think we should be able to uh, get into contract, get the scope of work finalized and just a couple of decisions that that need one of your support. But um, rather than go back to uh, chair McHugh, I think if vice chair Matthews is willing, I'll go to him for that support and, and we can move it forward that way.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks.
5: Okay. Other committee business, uh, public finance. I will pause and ask if Vishal Trivedi or Anna Van Degna can comment on this item.
10: Uh, yes. Uh, hello. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Right. Good morning, members of the committee. This is Vishal Trivedi from the Office of Public Finance. Uh, it's not a very packed forward debt calendar at the moment Uh, we're currently making preparations to allow for a possible uh, refunding issuance in 2022 of uh, the maturities outstanding maturities that will be callable uh in june uh should market conditions continue to be favorable for refunding uh we also have placeholders there on the calendar for uh follow-up issuance of health and recovery bond um, that, that was approved uh, in the fall, there's uh, already an issuance, but there are certain projects that weren't ready yet, and we uh, have a, a placeholder to, to follow up on that and, and fund those. And then there's also a one for seawall as well. Uh, I think based on our last conversations with the project departments, uh, we don't have a firm timeline for either of those, so we'll probably have a little bit more information about those in um, early 2022. Happy to take any questions if there are any. Thank you very much. Thank you.
5: Next item are two from the audits unit. Um, Again, whenever there is an expenditure audit, there's a hearing at your committee. And uh, same on the public integrity reviews. I don't see anybody on the roster from the audits group. I do have an email from Mark De La Rosa about this subject. His report is uh, on the expenditure audits, no new updates since the last meeting. CSA audits has completed a total of 10 GO bond expenditure audits to date, and we have one audit plan for this fiscal year on the 2018 Seawall Safety Improvement Bond Program. And then on the public integrity reviews, no new updates since the last meeting. Our last issuance was the seventh public integrity report on the Department of Building Inspection, which was issued September 16th, uh, 2021. CSA Audits plans to issue the next Public Integrity Deliverable which is on the SFPUC Community Benefit Social Impact Program uh, later this week or next week. In addition, CSA Audits is currently working on three additional assessments in this area. The Department of the Environment's compliance with ethics rules which they anticipate issuing in January 2022. SFPUC's contracting and procurement anticipated issuance in March of 2022, and citywide ethics reporting requirements anticipated issuance in April 2022. So I apologize, I wouldn't be able to take any questions on that, but just looking at um, the audit unit schedule, I'll make sure that we queue them up for your hearing items in uh, the first half of next calendar year and make sure that there's time available for the things that will have been issued uh, as your next meetings occur. And um, work plan updates. The only item here is that um, in the prior draft of your work plan, there was a mid-year update from my unit and from the audit's unit where we would have gone over everything that occurred during the first half of the fiscal year. We asked to postpone that to your next meeting, which is in February, and so it's just moving that item um, from this meeting to your next meeting. That's the only change to the work plan. And then finally, item E, um, members' terms updates. So um, there are a number of vacancies, as I'm sure you are aware. Um, I've met with both um, the mayor's office liaison, appointments liaison, and with the staff person at supervisor peskin's office who is in charge of recruitment and approvals at the rules committee Um, they are aware myself and ben rosenfield have promised to work with them and help them uh, provide them with candidate names and suggestions for filling the vacancies and i've made them both aware of the urgency of doing so um, just because of the quorum risk if nothing else and the need to have um, the vacancies filled so that you can more fully complement, you know, kind of spread out the work among you. I'm reasonably um, hopeful about the mayor's office being able to act quickly, you know, once we've helped them identify appropriate candidates. Uh, board processes take a little bit longer since they have to have a committee hearing and a board approval. But I've asked them to um, queue it up for their committee hearings right after the start of the new year. Um, and I've made them aware if we could have people approved in, in time to see them at your February 28th meeting, of course, that would be ideal, but um, it's hard to tell with the board. It really depends on the recruitment effort. Um, so that's where it stands. And again, I have to reach out to Chair McHugh and uh, see how she's feeling and what she might be able to do. Again, she had said she was willing to serve through the end of the fiscal year, although she, you know, e- even though her baby comes in January, Um, but it would be smarter to replace her sooner if possible. So I'll just touch base with her and and take her temperature and then bring that information back to the appointing authority. So on on behalf of all of us, thank you for your service and we'll work to bring it up to full speed. Sorry, go ahead. Peg,
3: Peg, uh, if we have candidates that we would like to have considered, should we send their information to you?
5: Yes, please. Absolutely. Okay.
3: I mean, I saw on the list um uh there were two people that need to work with community organizations Were two openings and then uh Siobhan's is um I can't remember what her slot was I they can say yes yeah, so um,
1: business organization business organization
3: right right so we have a, a, an opening maybe if with Siobhan for someone with a business organization and two with people who have, have been involved or are involved with community organizations so I think that helps us then recruit people who we think would be good okay then I do have someone in mind I'll send uh, that contact information to you then
5: great thank you Thank you. very much appreciated and as you know that sometimes a little bit tricky filling these seats um, for a couple of reasons but Ben and I We'll take any suggestions and um, do a little vetting and see if we can help figure out like who might be the best appointing authority and 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 follow up with them. Um, So that's my report and concludes item nine. Great, thank
1: you, Peg. Um, Rosanna, are there any public comments on this
0: item? Um. Members of the public who wish to provide public comment on this item should call 415-655-0001, access code one eight seven eight six three two one eight zero. then pound and then pound again. If you haven't already done so, please dial star three to line up to speak. The system prompt will indicate you have raised your hand. Please wait until the system indicates you have been unmuted and you may begin your comments. Please note that you will have three minutes. I don't see any hands raised.
1: Thanks, Rosanne. Um, and I cut off. Any, any other committee comments on this item? Otherwise, I'll entertain a motion to adjourn. Don't move. Move.
0: Second. Uh, for the record, it's 10:56 a.m.
1: Thanks, everybody.
5: Thank you. Thanks again Thank for you. all your work. Thank you. Enjoy Thank your holidays. You. Thanks, Peg, you
6: too. Everybody, yes, enjoy your holidays. Take care.